welcome back to Trinity Podcast. My name is Hami and this is episode 10, Victor's Special. Yes, this episode is 100% dedicated to, well, 99% because I guess this part is my bit. So 99% dedicated to Victor giving us his review about Shazam, Wonder Woman and Birds of Prey. I said that in a wrong order. Let's try that again. Shazam, Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman. At the end of each review, so when he does Shazam, he will say adios or ciao or bye and you he will hear the Pudumps ending of the Trinity podcast and then straight away we jump into the next review. Just a heads up, get ready. These are some interesting stuff he said. He cries, he sings, he gets mad, he gets happy. There are some great stuff in this episode. Get ready and let's just jump into it. Hey guys, this is Victor. I am one third of the Trinity podcast. And today we are going to do a solo review, Shazam. This movie is... It's a really weird one, right? Because honestly... In all honesty, it has no business actually being as good as it is. Now, is it like the best blow you away type of movie? No, I wouldn't think so. But it is a good superhero movie. It's definitely something that you can watch, you can laugh, you can feel some kind of emotion. And, you know, it's fun. I would say that with Shazam, it was one of those movies that started to veer away from the the DCEU, you know, kind of very serious different from Marvel tone. Yeah, it, it, it started veering away from that and it wanted to kind of emulate the Marvel formula. Now, does it suffer from it or does it improve on that? I think it definitely improves from that because at the end of the day, this is a kid's movie. It's a film about a little boy who becomes uh, like a magical Superman, if that's what you want to call it. And it should be a film that, you know, kids can enjoy and things like that. And it definitely achieves all of that. For the DCEU, is that my cup of tea? It wasn't really what I wanted from the beginning. But considering that it is Shazam, then I think it's perfectly fine. And so let's start with the characters. Billy Batson. Now, Billy Batson is a comic book character that gets his powers from an ancient wizard called Shazam. In which, by shouting his name shazam then he's gifted with these if i if i can remember like the strength of hercules the speed of hermes the hunt i don't know if it's a hunting spirit of achilles and uh the thunder of zeus and everything like that so basically the shazam name is an acronym and every s like s h a z a m stands for a different kind of Greek pantheon kind of god or figure. With Shazam having those kind of powers and facing off against, I think the villain's name was Dr. Minerva. I think it was Minerva and the Seven Deadly Sins. It was fun. It was a fun movie. It's it's a real good time to just, you know, just relax and actually enjoy a comic book movie without necessarily worrying about continuity. You're not worrying about oh, how does this fit into the larger universe? It can honestly just be a solo movie on itself. Whether that is what the director or the producers and everything intended, we can never know for sure, but it does, again, work in its favour. Now, with Shazam getting these powers, the whole point 
of this film was to be about people not necessarily being worthy of this kind of great power the kind of trauma as well that you face as a kid from family and how you're able to deal with that how you're able to move forward those were actually very powerful messages in this film and anybody that's watched this movie can agree with me that the actual villain of this movie is Billy Batson's mum because if I was to say the words that I think she is this podcast would be R-rated let me tell you man because I was thinking about that actually when I was watching this movie I I kept on wondering I was like this isn't like 1930 something if you lose your child you can find it but I'm happy actually that that was brought to the audience's attention at the beginning when the foster lady said your mum lost you at such a young age if she wanted to find you she would have found you by now and it's true she's messed up she's actually she's an evil lady oh and and I know to be honest People are going to be like, oh, but she was young as well. You can't really, like, you know, put the blame and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's, a, it's a child, man. I don't know. It's something about leaving a child on their own that just is kind of messed up. But, nah, that's me. Cancel me if you want. Don't cancel me, please. No, I don't care. So, with this film, one thing that I think I liked about Shazam slash Billy Batson as a person and the kind of world that he set in is that family dynamic, right? goes to show that this isn't about oh he's been put into a family that's kind of like him or something like that like these are all just different absolute different people and the only thing that matters within that family is the amount of love and comfort and support that they're willing to put behind each other and obviously that's a difficult thing for Billy to get his head around because he wants to actually find his biological mom like that's his thing but being in a family or amongst people that you know you have an asian kid and a little black girl and an older white girl and a disabled child and i think a spanish boy and you see how different these people are and believe me i'm not trying to make this a thing of like look at the diversity and stuff like that i don't but that's not what I'm taking away from it. It's more to do with how different these, potentially these different people could have been. Um, The kind of backgrounds, the kind of upbringing. But they were all brought together and they've shown each other that kind of love and support. And, you know, the that idea of family isn't necessarily blood, but family is the people that you hold dear and close to you. And, you know, the amount that you want to protect them. That was a very stereotypical comic book stuff to have that kind of message but it is touching and it's really nice and to say it's like corny and stuff like that I think kind of takes away from what it's supposed to do for especially little kids because that's let's be honest that's what this movie's aimed for it was always aimed to should I say I'm happy as well that within this film the brothers and the sisters all as well turn into the shazam family which is something that to be honest i didn't really see in the comics until the new 52 versions came out i know obviously the marvel family is something that's happened from like decades before i'm not sure if it was in super friends or anything like that but to see them be introduced i guess in the first shazam movie i was expecting it more in the second one so it was a nice surprise to see that they all became part of the family and were part of the Shazam family. I mean, and yeah, I 
I mean, most of the things I have to say about this film is actually really positive. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. I think the thing that it's lacking in comparison to, uh, let's say, Aquaman, that also kind of diverted from the stereotypical DCEU look, I think was like the gravity of the whole thing and the kind of spectacle. Because Shazam was very good in the same way Aquaman was very good, but it was very dimmed down in terms of scope. Uh, Aquaman was a huge movie, in incredibly, incredibly large, and I think that's why it kind of like takes the lead over that. But if there's one thing that I can suggest for every single person that is thinking whether they should watch Shazam or not, honestly, if it's something that you just want to like kind of wind down, enjoy a laugh, definitely watch Shazam because if there is one strength, one one strength that this movie completely holds, I think it's its comedy. And that's one of the reasons why this film kind of stuck with me. And I really did give it a chance because at times that I thought I wasn't going to laugh or I was like, okay, this thing is, this movie is a bit corny. This movie is here and there because it does have that. But this movie genuinely is a funny film. So that is my review of Shazam. I know it's probably not the best way to review it. And maybe I could have organized my thoughts a little bit better, but all in all i think as you guys have seen on the page i'm giving shazam a 7 out of 10 great movie great fun i think especially it is a family movie so you know you can watch it with your little brother your little sister cousins nieces nephews whoever it is so if you want to follow me on social media my name is at victor namako both on instagram and on twitter peace Hey guys, this is Victor, and we are reviewing Birds of Prey. Now, how can, how do I describe this movie other than deceit or market employ? This, this film, man, is weird because this film makes me believe that something can be good and bad. The best way of describing this movie is like 70 to 85% dark chocolate. So, because you eat it. And you're like, oh, you know, this is good, this is good, you know. Throw a little bit of yogurt in there, some Brazil nuts, maybe almonds crushed if you're feeling a bit, you know, lucky or whatever. But then you taste that bitterness and you're like, God damn, does it... Okay, let's start from the beginning, right? Does the film have good points? It definitely does. But this movie is not birds of pray and never get it twisted please i need you guys to understand that i'm telling you as a warning this movie is not birds of prey as a harley quinn film is this movie good yes i think it's actually fantastic but as a birds of prey movie which is what this movie is supposed to be is it good no this film can kiss my ass it is not good and i'm, I'm kind of pissed right so let me actually say the good points right but these good points go they 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 go more in the favor of how good it would be if it was a harley quinn film and they just like solely focused on on like that now the good points is i think the color schemes everything like that is actually quite good because you still feel the kind of grittiness that you got from all the previous films of the dceu some of that kind of gritty dark color that we got from the old suicide squad 
or some people say film that shall not be named you get that but you also get like really bright colors all of these kind of things it really goes in line with who harley quinn is as a character this is somebody that is you know she's very colorful and bubbly and funny and you know all these things that makes you know you as an audience love her but she's very you know dark inside and broken and it's really messed up but that that goes really well like that is harley quinn so the way this film is presented is presented very well i have to say the fighting in this movie as well top notch i really like the choreography there are sometimes i can't lie i don't know it's a bit weird i guess is the best way to describe it well it's the kindest way to describe it i mean like her rolling into a police station and hardly anybody was shooting her to me was blowing my mind i was like this is the police they have guns they have all of this stuff why are they trying to fight her hand to hand while she has what looks like a bazooka at some point like i don't get it but you know it, it makes for a silly kind of crazy film and that is, that is definitely what this is also the the kind of way the story was ordered you know like you're going through the story then she says oh you know i actually forgot one thing and then you get this whole backstory which kind of explains other scenes in the movie and how it's all kind of crazy and mixed up again this is such a harley quinn um a harley quinn thing to happen so to me in if this was a Harley Quinn film, it would make sense that the story is presented in the way that it's presented. And lastly, I think the music section is what, like, the score, the selection of songs, everything like that. Now, I'm not gonna lie, man. I was jamming while I was watching this movie. Really, really, really good film. Like, really, really good music and uh, soundtrack and track list to this film. So, those are the good points. Now, I'm just going to talk about some some things that just really disturbed me. Not disturbed me. I'm, I'm making it sound like I can't sleep because of this. But this this film is still supposed to be set within the DCEU. I, I have a problem with believing that. These people are in Gotham. You're telling me that this film and this Gotham is the same one that Ben Affleck's Batman is supposed to be the one that installs fear and everything. That Gotham... It's supposed to be the same Gotham that we got that we had in Batman vs Superman. Nope, I don't believe it. Nah, nah, nah. nah. Gotham looks goofy as hell, and I guess it, you could make the argument that well, this is Harley Quinn taking telling the story. Maybe Gotham does look, like from her point of view, Gotham is like that to her. And yes, that's true. But the idea that those you can mesh these two worlds. Uh, it, it it gets more difficult you can say you can you can see that this is this is no longer a thing about story this is a thing about money this is what it is the producers want to make money off of harley quinn because they saw the success that she brought to suicide squad so they're saying like this is a even though we're putting the birds of prey into this thing but this is a harley quinn movie and we're gonna hardly quin it up and everything like that because we want to get money and i am so happy so happy that they spent a hundred million making this film and only got 200 million in return i am so happy and i'll tell you why i'm happy because f the producers that's why absolutely f them all they are so greedy that they i personally believe they disrespected harley quinn by not making this her movie and they disrespected the birds of prey 
by pretending it was their movie because this wasn't a birds of prey movie the huntress who is one of the like most iconic faces of this film was well, not of this film but of the concept of birds of prey huntress barely visible renee montoya a joke that did not do much the only person that i guess was kind of cool was um black canary diana lance but even then all these people to me were inconsequential even cassandra kane anybody that knows the backstory of cassandra kane from earth comics would be like the hell that's how they would act the reason why i'm finding it even difficult to talk right now is because i'm thinking back to what the birds of prey i guess kind of mean to me and what they could mean to other people the whole point is that the birds of prey are a group of a group of women women vigilantes that you could kind of call the female version of the the justice league not the justice league but a female only version of a superhero group now for anybody who's watched avengers endgame in avengers endgame there's a scene in the last battle where spider-man has the infinity gauntlet and he's trying to run away but then he is luckily saved by uh, captain marvel and spider-man was worried for captain marvel when he said i don't know how you're gonna get through all of those people and then okoya obviously from black panther she says that don't worry she's not alone and then you see one by one all the women start walking together ready to f shit up now that moment for people that don't know that moment kind of signifies what's known as the a force which was basically a women's only avengers team now the birds of prey isn't necessarily as big as that but the impact on who they are as a group is essentially kind of that so the birds of prey to have obviously renee montoya slash the question was it helena bertinelli as huntress diana lance black canary you have you could have harley quinn uh, they also had oracle as a bird of prey as well i can't remember some of the old members from pre-52 era but they're such a good group that each of the characters deserve to have their stories told respectfully and for them to mesh together for whatever cause it is that they're fighting. That's supposed to be a Birds of Prey movie, but this film was a Harley Quinn film that had members of Birds of Prey sprinkled on the side and then they were kind of forced to fight together at the very last moment. The moment that the Birds of Prey actually became Birds of Prey was at the very end when Renee Montoya, Black Canary and Huntress was fighting these people just like at the at the very very last end as like Harley Quinn was doing her like epilogue speech. That sucks. Why was this movie advertised as Birds of Prey? It shouldn't have been. Even given the idea that it was going to be this group and then changing it and saying actually no it's birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of harley quinn and stuff like that and the other people were they really emancipated from their stuff maybe did i care they're not really it's a bunch of bull man if you ask me and that's another issue i had with it is it's the message didn't stick everything that it wanted to do for harley quinn i do feel like it did it but it didn't do it for the other people it really didn't oh honestly if they split this film to be like okay there's a harley quinn movie going on which delves with this the same themes and everything like that if they if they just change the characters to be different characters 
So rather than Helena Bertinelli, it was somebody else. Or rather than Black Canary, it was another female hero slash villain or whatever. You, or rather than Renee Montoya, it was somebody else. It it would have been a better movie, and simply because they they would advertise it and they could advertise it as this is Harley Quinn and something like that, and I would be fine with it. But other than that, the message doesn't stick because I'm underneath the impression that this is supposed to be about a group that it's not about. Trampled over the concept, man. Honestly, by the end of the movie, I was like, this is this is kind of insulting. This is really insulting. Not to, again, not to Harley Quinn. They treated her amazing in this film. But yeah, those are the bad points. Like, for me, the bad points are just too rude and insulting for me to say that this is a great film. Because it's not. It's a good film, but it's not a great movie. It's a good concept, but not a great execution, I guess. It's focusing on a good character, but not the characters it said that said it was going to focus on. Now, the adventures of Harley Quinn and the... fabulous amount and her fabulous emancipation what would i score this movie honestly i would have scored it an eight but that's not the film i'm scoring i'm not scoring harley quinn and her fantabulous emancipation i'm scoring birds of prey and that gets a six and that's me even being kind to be honest but yeah i think the idea of this movie falls short so bad the idea of what it should have been focusing on and what it ended up being it falls short very very bad very bad i can't really say much about black canary as a character renee montoya and helena bertinelli other than they i mean you know they read they read about them but i could read about them as well from wiki they didn't really dive into who these characters were they they weren't really people in this movie they were just kind of tools for harley quinn to be able to advance her story harley quinn they got down to a t she she was like to understand who she is as a character how she felt you know the the decisions that she's made and how she's trying to change and be like an anti-hero it's done so well but the other people were just people on the script and i can't get down with that i really can't get down with that because i think black canary is so interesting as a character helena bertinelli is so interesting as a character renee montoya so interesting as a character i mean the story the years of story there's a 52 issued 52 issued run in dc comics called one year later and a good chunk of those issues issues that i'm collecting that i'm actually physically collecting paperback though some of those issues really delve into who renee montoya is as a detective and she is such a such like a a complex character with how she deals with her cases her backstory of drinking how she becomes the next question how she's burdened by her her quest to know the truth how she could probably not be taken seriously as as a woman and as a i guess you can call it a bipoc woman of color in within the police force so like so so much especially considering the kind of times that we're living in right now the amount of things you can do with that character alone oh my days what a missed opportunity what a missed opportunity it's close to criminal and that's because of producers that's because of producers that's crazy it's sad it's sad because i feel that even if they wanted right to build up this kind of thing where you can put a lot more female characters in the in dc in the spotlight 
and to even build up to something bigger because the birds of prey doesn't need to be just this like one-off movie it could have been a set of like just a few one two films here and there that kind of leads to the birds of prey film that i think would have been good obviously you have to put into consideration like do people know these characters and do these characters sell but at the end of the day these guys are filmmakers there's there's ways that you can do this because let's be honest the birds of prey concept isn't really the biggest concept like harley quinn was the major person in this film then if that's the case don't include the birds of prey have harley quinn just have her movie there's a lot of greediness going on man in this film industry there's a lot of greediness that goes on within making these these movies but if that's the case then at least advertise it properly man birds of prey birds of prey my ass man but yeah that's my review i'd give this movie a six out of ten is it something that i would watch again yeah i feel like i have some kind of ocd so i am going to buy the movie eventually but i'm very happy i did not pay to see this film in the cinema i am ecstatic that i didn't do anything silly like that because oh the way i would have been pissed oh that that's not the one man i'm not the one that's not it it's not it chief but yeah you can follow me on socials on my twitter on my instagram at victor namako and peace Hey guys and girls, this is Victor, and today, what are we reviewing? It's Wonder Woman 84. Dun, 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 that's the song to it. But, what can I say about this movie? Oh, man. This film is uh, unapologetically and disastrously, disastrously, is what I meant to say, disastrously soulless this movie has no soul that doesn't make it a bad film but it does make it a pointless one and i in good conscience cannot recommend my friends my family any listeners anyone to actually spend the time that they do have to do maybe other things you know you want to paint some art you want to grow some fruits or substances which may or may not be legal depending on you know your political viewpoint or i don't know maybe just have some lunch with your kids or something like that i can't in good faith tell you that you need to watch this movie because honestly you don't it adds nothing to the dceu it adds nothing to your life it adds nothing to the character of wonder woman and i guess who she is or who she represents it was just a film about wonder woman in the 80s which it's weird because this movie isn't bad film like you know the if you're looking at cinematography techniques if you're looking at the fighting if you're looking at the lighting if you're looking at the stunts uh, practical work maybe like the dialogue i guess and stuff like that it presents as well itself good as a movie but it's just not it feels like there was just no point to it. Like, the only reason why this film came out is because Wonder Woman is a successful and popular character, as she should be. You know, that she's in the limelight, she's doing cool stuff, as she should be. But everything felt like a waste, like a real waste of potential. If you're looking at how they introduce Cheetah, which I, I, I'm I so mad that they brought Cheetah into this movie for her to do absolutely nothing. Like, I'm genuinely pissed that they wasted such a good character. And when you look at 
the path Wonder Woman could have taken in terms of like her own rogues gallery. She is one of the ones. She's one of the top ones. I do feel that not that many people know uh, Wonder Woman from the comic books. So it is pretty hard to kind of assign like who would be a good villain or, or who would be a villain that maybe some people will know or who would be a good villain that maybe nobody will know but we want to give a good limelight too and them choosing maxwell lord i don't necessarily think works in the favor of wonder woman in terms of what this story was trying to do which is you know people kind of regret what they wish for and stuff like that one of wonder woman's most iconic uh, moments comes in well to me anyway many people might disagree but one of the most iconic things that wonder woman has done in relation to story with maxwell lord was the fact that she killed maxwell lord she snaps his neck this is around if i'm not mistaken it was a precursor towards infinite crisis infinite crisis was a massive crossover story considering that you know dc works with the multiverse so you have you know superman from earth 2 earth 3 whatever like that and everything is kind of colliding together because of the anti-monitor and i think like a old school superman and superman prime and all these people but as a precursor to that massive story there was a little um issue running for blue beetle and blue beetle was somebody who i can't necessarily remember what the actual goal maxwell was trying to do but blue beetle discovered obviously some kind of old school nefarious thing that maxwell lord wanted to control the world with or something like that and he wanted to warn the justice league sadly he couldn't escape like maxwell lord's fortress and maxwell lord shot him in the head and that was the death of blue beetle and well me personally i always kind of tend to have an affinity for all these kind of lesser heroes because i always feel like oh you know there's a good chance for these heroes to have their own stories come out in the limelight kind of have some kind of depth to them as well and that story was to me it was a very good story and it was a really cool lead up to something that showed wonder woman for the kind of person that she is which is she is compassionate she's kind she's loving but she can be just as ruthless and that whole trope of oh this is the the female characters are supposed to show love and everything like that and that's not necessarily the case with wonder woman she she shows love she shows compassion that's her whole point but she shows those things in terms of justice so if that means that somebody is beyond saving then she's willing to go the extra step that even sometimes superman or batman might not go to because she is just that kind of she she's close to being like a moral um, north star not as much as superman don't get me wrong but she's somebody who's very justice orientated making sure that everybody is treated equally in the good and also treated equally in the bad so when i'm watching this movie to be honest, I'm not expecting Maxwell Lord to die. I doubt it. But this story and what Maxwell Lord was, which is just somebody who grants wishes, it was incredibly cheesy. Incredibly cheesy. Nah, I'm not for it. I'm not for it. I didn't like Maxwell Lord. Not at all. Not in this movie. Nah, they need to do him again because this isn't really Maxwell Lord. And the same with Cheetah. She was wasted potential, man. This is one of the most known people in um, Wonder Woman's gallery. And the only reason why she became Chio, became like some kind of apex predator was because she just wanted to be the cool one and stuff like that. And I can't, to be 100% truthful to you guys, I can't off the top of my head really think of any kind of monumental things to do with uh, Cheetah in the storyline. But 
her motivations, at least for this movie, just didn't really seem real. It it didn't seem like something anybody should care about. Like, oh yeah, people, I I want to be the best, or I want to be just as cool as her. So she becomes a cheater. What? What? <sighs> and then obviously you have the Steve Trevor part. Him coming back. I'm I'm not gonna lie. That was okay. It it didn't really bother me. It was kind of nice to see you know them kind of be in that relationship again and they were having fun and you know that whole that whole story because uh, other than steve trevor and i guess bruce wayne batman i don't really know of any other major kind of love stories that she has and seeing steve trevor come back to be honest that was nice i uh i do like chris pine as an actor i, th- I thought that relationship and how you know she's kind of like hurt with the fact that she has to renounce her wish because you know i think what do they call it the monkey paw or something like that or the monkey's hand where when you they will give you one thing but then they'll take away something else in return that was really cool and it was good acting i think one of the things that i did complain about in the first wonder woman movie was that i I didn't really believe that she was the best actor in her in her own movie not to say that she is the best actor in this movie but she is definitely a better actor than she was you know I I believe what she says I believe how she felt and yeah that's that's perfectly fine who else was in this film that I didn't care for I don't even think when you when when you really think about it the amount of people that I guess you know light is shone on in this movie is Wonder Woman Steve Trevor Cheetah, Maxwell Lord, and the relationship between Maxwell Lord and his son. That's about four to five people. Four to five people to concentrate on. And I can't remember a, a damn thing about most of them. I really can't. This is what I mean is that the movie presents itself well as a movie. It has a beginning, middle, and end. It's, it's structured okay. It has the right, se- it has good set pieces. When they're in Egypt and they're fighting, you know, those tanks and those cars, and obviously it's a normal cinema trope is that when a person is in their first movie, it's more their origin story. So it's how they kind of test out their strength. It's how they're able to be comfortable in their skin. The issue is, is that now that they're comfortable in their skin in the first movie, how do you pose challenges to them in the second films? And usually what they will do in the second movie is that they will either break the person down mentally or they will break the person down physically because you need to kind of even the playing field. The, um, the main character cannot be really good at everything or really good or really comfortable in what they do throughout the whole movie because then it becomes kind of stale and boring so that set piece of them when they were in uh, I think it was Egypt that was really good I do like the fact that she was losing her powers because she brought Steve back again that's why I don't really have the issue with the fact that Steve came back and this that this plot of the whole uh, monkey paw monkey hand wish thing i i can forgive it i just don't think that maxwell lord or cheetah should have been the villains for this movie if this was going to be the story with all of that being said this movie is the kind of film that i think you should put on in the background if you want to cook with your significant other or maybe by yourself you know because you're a strong independent woman or man you know no no judgment or maybe you don't even identify and that's perfectly fine as well you know it's 21st century this movie is is stale it's kind of soulless 
There's no wonder, really. It's just woman, 1984. And, you know, I'm down with that. But I just don't feel like this is Wonder Woman. I, if she was maybe fighting the new gods or the old gods, or if she went to another world or something like that, that would have been, I think, a lot more interesting, especially with Wonder Woman as a character. I'm so happy that they have brought her into the limelight. But I think DC is doing a major, major disservice by, well, I say DC, it's, this is more to do with the producers of DC. I think they're doing a major disservice with not bringing out more female characters in the limelight. And I'm not saying that for the sake of, oh, yeah, we need more women or equality or anything like that. But there's so many interesting characters. I, I had this problem with Birds of Prey as well, because they presented that movie as if it was a Birds of Prey movie, when, to be honest, it should have been just a Harley Quinn movie, and that would have been perfectly fine. But if you're going to do Birds of Prey, then highlight the, the, the other three women in Birds of Prey, and that would be a lot more interesting. I guess even if they were going to do the Batman movies, you know, I would love to see Oracle in there, I would love to see Batwoman in there, to see Spoiler or Batgirl, stuff, you know, characters like that. I know that they're bringing Superwoman into, I think, the new Flash movie, so that's going to be good but the missed opportunity with so many people even when you're looking at the potentials of what the cyborg movie could have been or you're looking at the introduction of some other characters in movies that we're gonna talk about in the podcast which has to do with you know other people of other races not only just um black that was introduced it's it's a chance it's, it's a chance to like just broaden the horizon other than flash not even Flash, to be honest, well, other than Superman and Batman. I think DC has been depending so much on Superman and Batman for such a long time, such, such a long time. And I won't say that people are bored of them, no. But the library that you have is unreal, almost unrealistically extensive. People, not to compare it with Marvel, but when people started watching all these Marvel films, the go-to guy was Spider-Man. That's what people wanted to watch. They did test the waters with other superheroes. You know, we had Daredevil. We had, I guess, we yeah, we had Blade. Blade was really good. Daredevil, it wasn't received as well. Not so much, but I do like the song, you know, the Evanescence one. We had the X-Men as well. X-Men, people kept on coming back for more X-Men movies, more X-Men movies. But when they released Iron Man, Iron Man being, like, people even said that he was like a B a B-list hero, but they concentrated so much on who Iron Man was as a person in and out the suit. It, you know, opened the doors for all of these new people to to come and be just as interesting. I mean, look at where they started. And right now we're watching a TV series about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Nobody ever would have thought Falcon and Winter Soldier would have had a TV show. So you have somebody like Wonder Woman. You have... Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, the, that's the, the, the female hero, that's the woman beacon of hope in heroism, and to see it wasted like this, and only be used as a movie to sell her popularity, and not really any story that can really show just how amazing she is, it's really, really sad, and really annoying, oh, and it, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a real big fan of seeing her in like the Justice League comics, and even I've I've started selecting a couple stories as well. Like I think it was Wonder Woman, um, 
world of truth or something like that there's a few stories that even i want to read to kind of understand her character a bit more but knowing that potential and yeah seeing it go to waste is a very annoying and sad thing but you know at the end of the day hollywood is a business and it is what it is it is what it is so yeah i really do hope they do more with her in her third movie honestly i don't know where else they're gonna go with her at least in terms of this dceu version of wonder woman because i'm still on the i'm still on the bandwagon of they should just restart the dceu or they should just choose characters which they feel is interesting and make movies about those characters and really just kind of do like some kind of deconstruction of who these characters are and make interesting films that's it that's all you need to do um i see that that's kind of what marvel's doing because they have all of these heroes that people don't really know too much about you know you have like the she hulk i think like she hulk tv show miss marvel tv show you got moon knight you have shang chi you have the eternal stuff like that like i don't feel like those stuff are leading to anything big at this moment in time but i know that they're going to be stories that concentrate on the people and that's good just give good stories that's my advice for what dc should do but all in all it's watchable you won't really receive much out of it but it is watchable i'll give this film i think i already gave this film a it was a six out of ten because you can watch it you can watch it and cook you can watch it and talk to your friends or you can watch it and it might help you fall asleep who knows but yeah that's my review my name is victor you know who i am you can follow me on twitter and instagram at victor namako where i don't really do much anyway there but yeah peace